Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, Jack. Jack O'Hara. Boy, you asked me some interesting questions, my man. It's a great question, Jack. Jack, hey, it's Josh Radder. Hey there, Jack O'Hara. It's Johnny Damon. Jack, so you had questions for me. Jack O'Hara? Absolutely. This message is for Jack O'Hara. Jack, how are you? Hey, Jack. Jack, hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? What's going on, Jack? Uh, listen, man, you know, you, you, you asked me a couple questions. Live and broadcasting around the world, you're listening to The O Show. In the show and uh, doing your thing, I mean, you've got some pretty big name guests. I've seen your, your stuff, so congratulations on your success. Jack O'Hara. Much nicer guy than Conan O'Brien with much better interviewing skills. Don't forget to share this episode on your social media. Now, let's get to it. I'm so boned. I forgot to get my girl tickets for the show tomorrow, and now it's sold out. It's her freaking birthday. Oh, dude. She's totally going to break up with you. She's definitely going to break up with me. Should have used TickPick. Hey, what'd you say? TickPick. Look. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? There are no hidden fees. What'd you guys think I said? Oh, TickPick. I thought you said TickPick. No hidden fees. Download today. of the podcast. This is The O Show with our special guest today. He is the host of the Social Anxiety Society podcast as well as the new author of the new book, Screw Being Shy. It's Mark Metry. We have, how long have we been planning this? For like a couple months now? And we're finally able to do it? <laughs> I think like, I think like the beginning of this year. Yeah, I mean, I think it was twenty-one. I feel like December or January I reached out because again, I listened to a <laughs> Billy Garden Jr. show where I, I listened to you, I was inspired by what you had to say and what you're doing with everything that you're doing. And I'm like, I got to reach out. And we've been back and forth for like the past four months. You know, we came close a few times, I think. We were like, you know, the day of, you know, it's like, oh, we got to back out. Something came up. That's life, you know, like we were talking about before we went on. Like, you know, we make plans, God laughs, and then things happen. But we're finally able to do it today. There's so many things I want to pick your brain about. I mean, I guess just to start, because it just came out, I literally just purchased my copy a few weeks ago. I don't know why all of my stuff is being uh, uh, late, everything I order on Amazon. I keep getting notifications saying, like, yeah, it's coming, but oh, it's wow. a little late. So I'm like, I was hoping to get the book before we were able to do this. But I guess just to start, you know, screw being shy, obviously, everybody goes through it, at least a lot of introverts out there. You went through it. I went through it you know, uh, middle school, high school, I'm still, you know, learning as I go. But what are some of the, you know, the, the key tips um, that you put in this book and kind of your inspiration behind it? Yeah, man. So, so this book, um, and, you know, it came out, it came out last year, the day that like the world shut down. And I was also going to have a TEDx talk too that got postponed that I finally did uh, a few weeks ago. And really the reason why I wrote the book and like the title of my TEDx talk is called The Invisible Mental Health Problem That Stops People From Being Themselves. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I wrote this book was not because I wanted to be 
at the time a 22, 23 year old author. And like, I think I'm so smart. And like, I'm going to write this book about this, you know, complex topic, mental health, social anxiety, introverts and shyness, like you say. But the reason why I wrote it is because when I went through just being a kid growing up, middle school, high school, all these things, I was always called uh, like a like that shy kid, mm-hmm. that quiet kid, the introvert. And what I actually learned is quite interesting because every single person in the world experiences shyness. Maybe some people don't. And shyness is like a totally normal nervous feeling that your body gets when you're about to do something new for the first time. It's totally normal. And that's okay. Everyone experiences it to some degree. And when it comes to being an introvert, it's interesting because when you look at the psychology definition of what it means to be an introvert, you actually realize that an introvert is just somebody who the way that their brain works, like they have a natural tendency to just think about things internally and just sort of live the world more cerebrally, like sort of in their own minds with their thoughts, their emotions. Whereas generally speaking, extroverts, the way that their brains are naturally programmed is they have a, a better focus on their external environment. And so, you know, there's no, I'm a hundred percent introvert. There's no, I'm a hundred percent extrovert. Um, and it's interesting because being an introvert doesn't actually mean that you're nervous to talk to people or you're even shy. And so that's a distinction that most people don't know. And what's really interesting about all of this is that personally for me, like when I grew up around nine, 10, 11, that's the usual average age of onset of social anxiety. Mm-hmm. Basically what begins to happen is you basically not only feel shy, but you sort of feel extremely shy in almost every single situation that you encounter. And what happens is then there's also an after effect, an aftermath that happens to you when you're also by yourself, when you're alone. And, and really what happens is like someone, like someone with social anxiety tries to talk to someone, they want to be social, they, they want to make friends. And then what happens is they're in a conversation and then they try to say something, but then all of a sudden they start, their mind starts to overthink. Next thing you know, their throat clenches, it tightens up, uh, their oxygen even and sometimes can get restricted, their foot starts tapping, they start sweating, they have heat flashes. And then next thing you know, they just don't say anything or they just like walk away awkwardly. And then the other people in the conversation are like, are like, like, wait, what, like, like what's wrong with that guy? Does he not like us? Or, oh, he's just shy. He's just an introvert. And so there's nothing wrong with being shy. There's nothing wrong with being an introvert. But there's a certain percentage of those people who also end up experiencing this issue that really then begins to impact really the rest of their life, both when it comes to their physical health and their mental health. And it's interesting because... Harvard did a meta-analysis study that I cite in my book that shows um, out of all of the mental health issues in America, social anxiety is the most correlated with substance abuse and social isolation and suicide. 
And so when you look at it like that, and then when I look at my own life and me growing up and my, and my social anxiety starting around 9, 10, 11, and then by, by the time I was 18 years old in like 2015, next thing I know, I become obese. Uh, I get seriously depressed for the first time in my life. Uh, I start socially isolating myself and I even become suicidal and I contemplate my own suicide for three, four weeks a month. And so when I looked at all that and I looked at my own life, I was like, oh my God, there's no one that's actually made this connection because more often than not, what happens is it's usually sort of like, um, you know, someone just like looks at someone in society who looks shy, who looks introverted and says, oh, you know, you're just shy, you're introverted, you'll grow out of it, all these different things. But for a certain percentage of population, it's social anxiety, which is like really what I would describe like a, like a virus that has in, like entered in your brain and becomes your software, becomes your default mode for life. And, um, and it's interesting because according to the statistics, on average, it takes 10 years for somebody to realize they have social anxiety. And then it takes them another 10 years to actually ask for help and do something about it. And so in terms of your question, uh, like what are tips, what are, what are things that people can do is I think the most important thing is, is if you have a history and especially if you're a young person, if you have a history of being anxious and depressed, what you need to do is you really need to like sit down with yourself and you really just need to look at your past, not from the perspective of like, oh, what I did yesterday, you know, that defines me. Not from that perspective, but from the perspective of like taking like a historical account of like who you are, uh, like as a character on this earth and how you've been operating for the last 18 years. And I, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but I know for me, um, people who go through anxiety, depression, a lot of the times they've actually suppressed parts of their memory and they don't just don't think about it. But yet there is like a big aspect of their lives that is impacting them every single day, but they just don't know about it. And so like for me, I almost didn't even remember what like what happened from ages uh, like 9, 10 to like 16, 17, 18. Like I literally had no idea. And I'm sitting there and I'm like 18, 19. And I'm like, wait, wait, what? Like what happened? Like who am I? And, and so that's a very common thing that maybe it's not that serious for someone. But what I would really say is like it's sitting down with yourself and trying to realize like what happened to me in my past? You know, what are the factors that influenced me growing up? You know, and, and in terms of the biggest factors, it's usually your parents, your culture, um, and then any key events that you still remember, and especially any kind of event that, and, and the, the, the real trouble, the real trap with this is like, if you're just listening to this podcast right now, then a lot of the times when you hear something like this, the, the logical thinking part of your brain will sort of like listen to that and then just sort of like, like mentally like masturbate about that for like a minute and then give you some answer that's sort of like a very not real answer. It's on the shallow, but it's just because you don't really want to go there in like the depths of your mind. And, and I mean, what I'm talking about is very serious, you know, and, and so 
that is really what I would say is like the first sort of step. It's like asking yourself, what is the truth of my life? What is the truth of my nature? And like, for example, I remember, I remember being like 18, 19, um, you know, when I was sort of like depressed, anxious, suicidal, and like literally sitting in the back of like a college classroom, like calculus two or something, some class that I had like failed once. And I was just sitting in the back of a class and I was like, what am I doing with my life? And I remember pulling out a piece of paper and just like starting to ask myself, like, because a lot of the times, if you haven't done this, if you haven't done what I'm talking about in terms of knowing yourself, then a lot of the times you don't even know who you are. And then therefore you don't even know like what you're interested in, or you don't even know what motivates you. And I often find that like when I talk to a lot of like young people, 18, 19, uh, 20, a lot of times like a, a big thing that they have is like, they don't really know themselves. They don't know what they like doing. They don't, they don't know what interests them. And a lot of the times just because they don't know who they are. It's not because they're stupid. It's not because they've spent their life not doing anything. It's just that like nobody has actually taught us how to use our brains and our minds in a way where we can sort of orient our character. And it's interesting because the last thing I'll, I'll say <laughs> is it's interesting because you have a part of your brain that um, is modulated through a neurotransmitter called serotonin. And basically this, this neurotransmitter in your brain, it does a lot of different things. But one of the things that it does is it's trying to evaluate where you are in society and then based on its evaluation of how high or how low you are on what they call like a social hierarchy, then this neurotransmitter sends imp nervous impulses, electrical impulses to your brain. And basically that creates your mood. It creates your appetite like for food. It creates your sexual desire. It, it regulates how you sleep at night. And so this is super interesting. And so when you take a, you know, a look at all these things, it's a, it's a very big problem, you know, that's out there in society. And so I think just looking at it from that perspective is a helpful place to start. If that makes I, I mean, I totally agree. I totally agree with you, what you said about, you know, uh, you know, being in school and being, you know, taught, you know, a certain way, like you were saying, like being in the back of like one of your college courses, just like not being there uh, mentally. Cause like, again, like from a young age, I feel like at least, you know, in the system, they say, people aren't taught to be uh, a entrepreneurs. They're not taught to think on their own. They're not taught to have their own thoughts and kind of manifest those thoughts. They're, they're taught to, you know, be employees. They're taught to, you know, go with what the machine wants them to do. So like when you don't think that way, people kind of look at you like, Oh man, that, that's, that's kind of odd. But in real, in retrospect, they kind of like wish they could be you. So, and I read one of your articles, I think you just put it out on uh, today on LinkedIn about, you know, writing stuff down, journaling stuff, keeping note of what you're doing, not just like on your phone or like on, on your iPad, but actually physically writing it down on a piece of paper to kind of remind yourself whether it is good stuff, bad stuff, indifferent, whatever. Because, you know, you talked about, you know, some of your, your struggles going through social anxiety and depression. I mean, you talked about being suicidal there for a few weeks up to a month. Do you, again, like some of those things were very blurry for you, obviously, but you know, writing some of that stuff down to remember because some of it you want to forget, but some of it I feel like you need to remember in order to move forward. 
how important for you was it to, again, like write that stuff down and what have you kind of learned from writing all of this stuff down that's kind of helped, you know, trigger your brain into doing things that you want to do moving forward? Yeah, man, this, these are some great questions. Um, and I, I wrote this quote down that I'm trying to find right now um, in my notes that is really, really interesting. Um, let's see here that, that embodies this. Um, I'm not sure I can't find it, but it's, the quote is basically like, whatever you, um, whatever you understand or whatever you don't understand is controlling you. And so the point of this, of sort of what I said is it's, again, this is a process. You're not going to be able to to sort of like find out your entire history in life, uh, in like one just sitting down once. And so it's definitely a process, but you know, what I'm saying is, you know, a lot of people think that your memory basically works as if it's like, you know, like you pull out like a file cabinet and then you can just be like, okay, 1999, oh, 2001, this, this, that's not how your memory works at all, you know? Um, and, and, and really the way that it works is it works basically through like, like an interconnected cobweb of like ideas and feelings and significance and psychological suppression and, and, and environments. Um, and so, and so a lot of times, like we, we know this too, right? Because a lot of the times you will go somewhere, right? And then all of a sudden, maybe it's like you smell something that like you always liked smelling when you were a kid. And then all of a sudden, like you start to remind like, oh man, when I was a kid, or maybe you, you go somewhere physically and it's maybe someplace that you spent a lot of time in growing up and like your memory flashes back to it. And so really like what it is, is is it's sort of like looking at yourself as this, um, like this, like piece of ground, right? And what you have to do is you have to go down with like a shovel and like a bulldozer and an excavator, and you have to pull out all those rocks. And like the more that you're able to mine with, with what I would say some degree of success in terms of getting yourself to sit down and focus. I know for me, I had such a hard time focusing on really anything. Um, whether it was school or whether it was something else. Um, but really, you know, I think, I think for me, the biggest thing in terms of, um, you know, what you were saying about, you know, writing thoughts down is that like a lot of people ask me, they're like, Mark, how do you write on social media? Like, how do you put out articles? How do you have a newsletter? How do you have like a LinkedIn following, which I write to all like all day. And what I tell people is like, if I haven't written to myself first, that I'm not going to be able to write for like social media. Right. And so I think the biggest thing that I've been able to learn is like, when you think and you think and you think and you think in your brain, your brain is going to naturally just, and especially if you're more introverted, your brain is just going to naturally get caught up in like these feedback loops that eventually factor in all kinds of stresses, just like from daily life, if you have social anxiety, if you have, you know, some other specific issue that you experience, the next thing you know, you're just like this walking, thinking blob, and you don't really have any sort of mental awareness. And so when you're able to write and you're able to connect your thoughts that are sort of exist like in the mental, emotional world, and now you're writing them out and you're creating them in physical reality, our brains, our bodies spend all day in physical reality. That's how we're, we're programmed to work. 
And so this is interesting because a lot of people also tell me, you know, hey, Mark, like, like, what's the deal with like mental health? You know, like, why isn't it talked about more? Why isn't there awareness? And it's really just because like, we can't see somebody's brain. That's, you know, that's like, I think the biggest reason why we just naturally care more about what we can see. Right. And so you can't see someone's brain. And it's interesting because, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of different issues in our life, they'll actually start from early on in our life. But a lot of the times what happens is because we're not able to do what I just said of sort of like documenting yourself, trying to figure out your past. A lot of times what happens is you're just like going through your life. You're just trying to figure things out as you go along. And then you're 18, you're 19, you're 20, you're 22, you're 23, 24, 25, 27. And then all of a sudden, you know, there is like this big issue that happens in your life. And then it, it, it may like trigger a certain like internal, mental, emotional, psychological response. And then from that point on, you're just never the same again. And so this is a very common pattern, but a lot of the times it starts off when you're younger. And, 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 and the biggest reason why we're not, a lot of the reason why we're seeing a lot of mental health problems today is because a lot of us are just sort of not dealing, especially people who are older, they're just sort of not dealing with some of these underlying you know, issues and, and being proactive and being preventative about their health. And, and so usually what happens is, you know, like if you break your leg, for example, we can see that right in physical reality, right? Like you can go to a doctor, they have this whole process, right? Where they give you a cast and then they give you crutches and then they're like, Hey, just like walk, you know, walk with these for like a month. And then you come back in and then they remove your cast. They give you a different cast. Right. And then, and then after like three months, you're back to normal, right? Maybe you need to do some physical therapy, but what happens is, when you're a kid, when you're 9, 10, 11 years old, generally speaking, or maybe middle school, high school, and then you have some sort of a, an event or an experience, a, a traumatic event, whether it is something small or big, um, it doesn't really matter in terms of like comparing it to other people or, or anything like that. But if you as a kid, you go through something and your brain doesn't know how to experience it, your brain doesn't know how to handle it a lot of pressure gets built inside of your brain. And what happens is it's like, it's almost similar to like your leg breaking, but in your brain. And so your brain almost like part of it kind of breaks or it gets, it gets damaged. And what happens is nobody knows, right? And, it, and depending on sort of your family, depending on your society, depending on your culture, your religion, certain things are acceptable to talk about, some things are if you have social anxiety, this certainly affects you because you, you can't talk to people. Um, and so a lot of the times what happens is you don't talk about it. Nobody really helps you. And then you as a kid, you're just like trying to figure out like, okay, what do I do about this? Right? Like, what's my own process? Like, what, what's my own? Like, how do I become successful regardless of this? And so you just like sort of try to figure it out. But more often than not, when you're a kid, you don't have the information, the experience, the awareness, the tools, the help. And so usually, in, you know, instead of sort of figuring out some sort of a, a, like a cast or, or crutches that you would get from a doctor, usually you try to figure that out on your own. And that usually comes in the form of, uh, you know, drugs, 
playing too many video games, too much pornography. What you know, there's like everyone has a certain kind of a vice that some people don't really you know find out that it's an issue until they get older, and then all of a sudden they start experiencing different side effects, and then next thing they know, they don't know who they are. They're they just don't know how life works. There's too much pain. They don't know what to do, and so they just default into like sort of depression, suicide, but then it's usually other issues too. It's like some sort of like a food addiction or, or, or alcohol, drug addiction, video game addiction, something like that. Um, and so, yeah, it can definitely be a tricky sort of scenario to, to figure out. I'm not even sure what, <laughs> what question you asked me. I'm just on my own train. Boom, 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 boom. No, but I mean, that made sense. it's so interesting because, you know, you talked about before of like some people know what they want when they're young. And then there's others who don't. And that's when it gets tricky, you know, like if you, I feel like if you don't know what you want to do with your life early on, like you really haven't found your identity yet. And that could be a scary thing as well for people who are just, you know, kind of just cruising along because if you don't know what you want to do, like most likely, you know, you're just hanging out with friends, whether, you know, good crowd, bad crowd, toxic and different, like we talked about, you know, like you really don't know what you're getting yourself into until you kind of, again, have found your identity, you know who you are, you know what you want to do. And for most kids, especially our age, still don't know what that is. You know, like you're 23, I'm 22. The majority of people out there our age still don't know who they are in a sense. They don't know what they want to do with their lives, which is scary, which can lead them down those specific paths. And, and I think that's like a great thing to do to, again, consistently and constantly be in that mindset of writing things down preparing your days, you know, again, if you have a plan, if you don't have a plan, it's still, I think, very important because like you said, there's certain times in your life that you don't even remember. Like you look back, like I'll look back at certain pictures every now and then and be like, I don't even remember this happening because, you know, like I was kind of out of it mentally, you know, you weren't locked in. You didn't have a why at that moment that, that, at that given time. And I think the other important thing that I kind of wanted to pick your brain about is, you know, like you, you've obviously done your research, you, you had the personal experiences to go with it as well. Is this, again, like it, it's a constant learning curve. Like every day is different. You don't know what to expect of life. It restarts almost in a sense, and you got to learn more. Do you think, um, yeah. like, it's, it's very, it's very, it can be very, um, you know, humbling, but at the same time, very tricky to, you know, once you think you have it all figured out, you don't. So like, you know, relearning everything, you like, it's a constant thing every single day. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think something that you pinged on that relates to this is, you know, you said identity, right? Mm -hmm. And and it's interesting, because, you know, yeah, for sure, what you do, and sort of like, if you know what you want to do, that can definitely create that. But then also, like, you also have to realize that identity is very, it's not something that's necessarily like fixed. It's very fluid, um, you know, in in many different ways. Um, And and I think what's really interesting is like your identity can change too, but sometimes not with your own sort of purpose. And like what I mean, for example, is like I have friends of mine who, you know, they, they all their life, they just played soccer. Right. Or all their life, they just like played a sport. Right. And they did like, that's their thing. They're like, okay, I know my purpose. Like I'm going to do this. And then next thing, you know, I have this one friend of mine, you know, he's like 18, 19, you know, he's like about to like, you know, he's getting scouted by like different like professional, you know, interests, crazy things like that. And then boom, gets into a serious injury, 
can never play the same again. And so all of a sudden it's like his identity as an athlete, he can't do the things that give that identity validation, whether his identity is good, positive or negative. And so I say this because honestly, what I have learned usually generally, no, actually a hundred percent of the time is if I can create my identity in being a learner in being someone who learns that is like the most productive, healthiest, ha- like happiest identity that you can live in. Because what happens is like you go throughout your life and you're like creating different things. You're aiming to do different things. And then, you know, you start to become successful, right? And so whether it's, you know, doing this podcast or, or you start a business and your business gets great, and then you have that social reinforcement and, and that social reinforcement, your community is really sort of like, the missing puzzle piece and what ends up creating your identity and the way that you think about it in your brain, psychologically speaking. And so what happens is though, you just start to get validation for doing certain things, right? So for me, you know, I remember when, you know, my podcast started to become successful when, you know, I, I got interviewed on Forbes when like just different things started to pop off. You start to become successful. Next thing you know, people are reaching out to you from all over the world, you know, saying how awesome you are and all these different things. And then these different identities of like podcaster, author, entrepreneur, they start to like grow. They start to like build in their little validation. And those can be great. You need those for sure. But also, if that's your permanent, if that's like your fixed identity, I don't know about you, but it's like it's very healthy for someone to be able to change their identity and make it fluid and be able to enjoy multiple things in life and not just rely on one source of sort of attention or love or validation. And so when I think of identity, I always come back to I'm very aware of like, there's many traps in in what you think of your identity, especially when you become more successful. But the identity that I always come back to is being somebody who learns. That's it, being a learner. And when you approach it from that perspective, then what happens is like, number one, you, you always become the students. You always become the teacher. And like, you know, you're, you know, we're, we're both young. Mm-hmm. And so maybe we naturally think that like we're students and I don't know if this has happened to you, but there's going to be certain times where you're going to be like, Oh wow, I'm definitely the smartest person in this room. We're like, I'm, I'm like the teacher in this room. And this happens the more you become successful. Right. But then there's also a trap that happens, which is when you sort of only look at it from this, this perspective of like, Oh, I don't have to learn anymore then what happens is you, whether it's you get cocky or you start to get dumb or, you know, you're not the top of your industry, you're not learning as much as you used to. And so there's a trap in that. But when you are always approaching it from being the learner, regardless of how much money you make of whatever the size of your business or your podcast is or whatever, then I guarantee you, you're always going to be learning, which is going to make you happier. And then also when you approach and encounter any kind of a problem, any kind of an issue, it's no longer like, for example, your podcast gets shut down, for example, like something out of your control happens. If you have the identity of like, oh, I'm the best podcaster in the world and that happens, then you're like, oh my God, my entire world is gone, right? But if you have the identity of being a learner, 
then you're like, okay, what can I do to learn my way through a solution to, to get my podcast back or whatever that is. And so that's like the best thing that I've learned about being a learner. And yeah, I mean, it, it, like it always happens. And, and the best thing that I've learned too about every single day learning, and there's, there's always like a different level is that there's always going to be ups and downs in your life. Always, 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 no matter where you are, who you are. And that can be very scary. And I personally, honestly, I probably experienced this last year. Um, and so for me, like I've been on my journey, you know, I was, you know, I hit my rock bottom in 2015. And so I've been on this journey ever since 2016. And then 2020 came. And in March, you know, I, like my book was coming out, my TEDx talk, I was about to do it. I was about to go on a, a book tour and, and speak all around America and then in Europe and like do crazy stuff. And then COVID happened and then everything shut down. And honestly, I feel like probably since the last four years, it was probably the most challenging year of life, my life. And I'm sure a lot of other people, you know, can share that. But like when I experienced that, it, it like literally slapped me right in the face of like everything I'm saying right now of like where you're at, where your identity is, right? And like where you get validation from and how you feel successful. Because you have to realize that anything that you're using to feel successful or to be successful also is using you as well in a, in a certain kind of way in terms of like ideas and culture and like what are the main ideas that sort of people have in our society that then controls their beliefs and their behaviors and their actions and their thoughts. And so it's very interesting, but you know, anyway, like there's ups and downs, you know, I've been on this up, you know, I feel like my entire life I've been mostly on a down, but then 2016, first time start to become successful, start to feel myself. And then 2020 comes, boop, you go down. Obviously I didn't go down to, you know, being suicidal, being depressed, you know, because I've been doing all this work on myself for the last years. That's really what saved me. But then now, you know, I'm starting to go back up. And like, what we have to realize is that's a totally normal reaction of life. You can't just expect to just be hitting the ups because the reality is like, life is like a heartbeat. It's always, and so a lot of people, for example, they want to stay, they're just like, no, I just want to be successful all the time. I just want to feel amazing 24 seven, nothing. But like, if you look at that, that's when you die. That's when you flatline. And so it's interesting, that analogy in terms of ups and downs in life and how you should just always be learning and that should be your identity. And like, personally for me, in terms of like my daily schedule, how I look at it is like, I wake up at 6.30, from 6.30 to like 9, 9.30. I do a lot of like my self-care, different habits, routines, things like that for myself. And then 9.30, I start to, to sort of work on some things. Um, but anyway, any, at the end of like my workday, probably around like 6 or 7 p.m., I dedicate the rest of that time, unless I'm doing something like with my friends or something socially, I dedicate the rest of that time to just learn. Like I literally just like eat dinner, eat, eat whatever, and then I just learn. And I just like use that time because I know that if I'm doing that, I'm, I feel like I'm the most productive, I'm the happiest, and I'm also growing the most. And so 
that's my perspective on, on, on what you said and, and learning every day. I mean, life is not linear, you know, like you go through ups and downs, ups and downs, and it's going to happen until the day we die, you know? And, and like you were saying, like being inspired, you know, like you built your brand by being inspired, being curious, asking questions. Like that's where it comes from. And the second you're like, I'm the smartest guy in the room or, you know, like I don't need to be here. Like, I already know all this stuff. That's when you plateau and you start to go back down because you already think you're at the top of the game. You're at the top of the food chain. You're the king of the jungle, but you're not. So like, like you said, like I think COVID was the perfect example of that. I think a lot of people kind of started to learn who they were. They had the time to kind of figure out who they wanted to be, who, who they are in general right now. And I think a lot of people, you know, realize like, okay, like I just lost like the thing, like athletes couldn't play for six plus months, you know, baseball didn't get started in until July, August, I forget when it was, uh, but a lot of people couldn't do what they wanted. Musicians couldn't play live shows anymore. They had to do live streams. It was different, you know, like you had to adapt, you had to figure out new stuff. There's a lot of people Terrible. who picked up new um, hobbies as well, you know, like there's so many people that probably started their own podcast. Everybody has their own show these days. Uh, there's, there's people who picked up playing an instrument, picked up a new thing that has probably led them into doing what they're doing right now, a brand new passion, a brand new inspiration for them to come by. Did, did you, you know, growing up, you know, going through this stuff, did you have a, you know, a set plan? I know you, you started a few businesses at a young age. Did you kind of, you know, kind of figure it out and then obviously have like those failures early on that kind of molded who you are today, but did you early on know like certain things that you wanted to do? You probably didn't have like a full thing of what you wanted to do, but did you have an idea of what you wanted to accomplish at a young age? And while you answer that, I'm going to casually just grab my uh, charger before my laptop dies here. Cause I'm at like 8%. This is authentic stuff. This isn't Jimmy Fallon. Our viewers have to know that this is an authentic show. So I'll be <laughs> uh. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, uh, I honestly feel like I had no idea what I was doing. Right. Like I, I had zero plans, <laughs> like, like not even a kind of a plan for me. My, this is basically it. So for me, I, um, so, you know, my parents, they immigrated to this country and, um, and I remember growing up in like a part inner city, part, uh, part small town, and I basically remember just having like no money my entire life. And so for me, and I remember sort of, um, you know, when I was very, very young, I remember I was a good student at school, but then all of a sudden, you know, when I sort of, you know, changed locations, uh, like when I was like nine, 10, also sort of when my social anxiety sort of started, my grades went downhill. I had no interest in doing anything. I played no sports. I didn't read any books. Um, and so for me, I didn't really do anything. And so for, but, but for me, like what I did, my alternative was, I remember going on the internet when I was very young and kind of like playing a lot of video games. And I remember like going on the internet and like doing different things. So like, I remember I, I like learned how to code I started to make websites, apps. Um, I remember I started a YouTube channel. I remember I actually started multiple YouTube channels. I never recorded like myself, but what I would do is like I play video games and I'd record it. And then I would maybe sometimes commentate over them, like, like record myself over them and then put them up there. Like before, before gaming was like the biggest category on YouTube yeah. back in 2000 and 
in like nine, 2010. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I honestly had no idea. I was just sort of like just moving along, um, just like trying to experiment with things online. Um, but I remember like I had like one video game YouTube channel that like had like 35,000 subscribers, like became a little successful. Um, I like started to make a little bit of money, like freelancing, like website design, things like that to people. And then I remember like I got into a few different kinds of video games and I made different websites. I honestly feel like I launched like so many and experimented with like so many different things that I honestly have lost count. Like I've done so many, like I probably, I probably bought over like, I don't know, like 40, 45 different like domain names over the course of like my life and just like launched random things. Some of them, some of them popped, some of them didn't. Like I remember one of them was like a, one of them was like a Minecraft server. Another one was like a game, an app for the iPhone. Another one was like a, like that YouTube channel. Um, But basically for me, like I remember basically having no money for most of my entire life, like literally doing this on like the public school computer. Wow. And then basically by a time when I was like 15, 16, some of the things that I was started to experiment with started to become successful. And next thing I knew I was making like tens of thousands of dollars. Next thing I knew I was making hundreds of thousands of dollars. And so that changed my perspective from just showing me like what I wanted to do in terms of like what was possible. And then sort of like what I had been told my entire life, especially like being the son of immigrants of a lot of times you hear, yeah, you can either be a doctor, lawyer, or a failure. Um, and, and so like, sort of like the emphasis is like, because my parents net worth $0 is like, Hey, you need to go to school so you can start making money. So you can like build like a family, you know, line and, and do something that's, that's real world practical. And so I was always told that either explicitly or implicitly, but then all of a sudden, when I started making like hundreds of thousands of dollars online, doing something that I honestly enjoyed, I was like, oh, snap, like, wait, wait, what, like, what's actually like, what's going on here? Like, what's, what should I be doing? What's the answer? And so that was quite uh, illuminating um, from that perspective. But then also, it's interesting because at the same time, my only definition of success, and, and you know, for me, like growing up in a small town where most of the people around me had money. Most of them were affluent. Their parents were rich. But for me, I had no money. I remember going to school with the same clothes. like every day. And so I remember um, just like going through like this crazy, confusing process of being like, wait, I thought I was supposed to be successful now. But what happened is like my, my mood, the person who I was, how I thought of myself when I was by myself none of those things changed. I, I still thought of myself as the same old loser. I never really had any real friends, still social anxiety, all these different things. And so that for me, from like 15 until 18, and like, and then I go through like this process of hitting my version of rock bottom. That was like the most confusing thing because it was like on paper, I was supposed to feel successful. And then like talking with like my different friends that I had and, and my family members, of them telling like, like Mark, like you, what, like what you did is an amazing thing. Like you should feel successful within just not being able to feel that and just feeling like you're still like a loser. And so that was a time. And then me sort of becoming depressed and obese and eventually, you know, suicidal 
where I was like, man, I, I really got to turn things around here because I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea how to even like operate my own mind. And even if I am successful in different businesses in my career, why the hell does it even matter if I still hate myself? And so that's the path that I kind of went down. And so I honestly did not have a plan. It was just like random experimentation um, for the most part with like chaos and collision. Yeah, but you look back at that and like you have all these different experiences, probably met a ton of different people and at least you have stories from it, you know? Like I feel like the big thing, like when you go into something new is your backstory. Like you have a ton of stuff that you could bring to the table because you had all of those prior experiences. Yeah, yeah, totally, man. And I, I mean, like, I a lot of times, like, I tell people, like, yo, I wish you, like, you, like, like, especially a lot of times, like, people see me today. I'm like a speaker. I, I spoken one time in front of one thousand people. People are like, dude, you're so naturally confident. Like, you're, you're, you're like so, you know, naturally successful, or you're so naturally happy. And it's like, dude, I literally wish people could have met me you know, four or five years ago, because really it's like, yo, I literally had to like completely rebuild myself and build myself from the inside out in a way where the things that I have learned, you know, in my sort of dark moments and just trying to figure it out, like that pain, those like sacrifices, that darkness that I was in, but I was still choosing to just be positive and I was just choosing to try to help myself and trying to figure it out and not give up. Those are literally the moments that I look back on today where it's like, I literally don't care what anybody thinks about me. I don't care if people think I'm stupid, I'm dumb, uh, I'm embarrassed to say something in a conversation. I literally don't care. And it goes back to like asking yourself, like, how does somebody get like a real sense of confidence? Because a lot of the times people even if they appear confident, a lot of the times it's just a mask. And I, and I don't necessarily, I don't mean to say that in a, in like a, in like an insulting way, because a lot of people have masks on that they don't know how to take off. It's the mask of like always being, you know, the smartest person in the room, right? Like you, like sometimes you go to different events, you talk to certain people and it's like, they can't stop talking about how successful they are or, or like their life. Or for some people, it's like their mask is always being the funny person in the room and always cracking jokes. Or for some people, it's, you know, being the athlete or being, you know, getting the best grades at school and always just focusing on being academically well. But then you take them out of that environment, you take them out of that scenario, and they actually get very socially anxious and they're not really sure of who they are. And then, and then a, you know, an event, some kind of an issue happens. They can't do the thing. They're not interested in any, anymore. Like something happens. And a lot of times, like they lose that sense of confidence. And then you have to really like rebuild yourself. But every time that happens and then something negative happens, you don't necessarily lose yourself. You just learn more, you know? And so like for me, um, you know, when COVID happened, you know, I definitely experienced, you know, a lot of struggles and whatnot, but I didn't lose myself. I didn't hit rock bottom. And it's because of all the things that I've been doing over the past, you know, few years. And, you know, I mean, I'll tell you that, you know, like towards like COVID happened, it really just started to get me think about like the world, my purpose. I think in some moments I honestly forgot about my purpose, but 
for me, like I really had to like refine myself and I really had to rediscover myself. And what happens is every time that you rediscover yourself and you put yourself back together, you're actually a, like a more you version of yourself than you actually knew before, if that makes sense. Um, and, and, and like, for me, I like over like the last few months, I really had to figure out like, what are the most important things that I need to be doing and then changing my behavior. Right. Because it's one thing to think about something. It's one thing to talk about something, but it's like, what are you actually doing about it? And so for me personally, I, you know, like I, like over the last four or five years, I was building like this marketing company that was mostly on like LinkedIn marketing, podcast marketing too, um, you know, was decently successful, but honestly, like this year and like last month, last two months, I was like, you know what, I'm going to step down from my company. I'm going to shut it down because I just know it's not the most purposeful thing for me that I can do. And so I've been focusing, you know, a hundred percent more on my whole message of trying to help people with, you know, social anxiety and, and, you know, shyness. And, it, and honestly, I was already kind of doing it, but I wasn't really doing it at a professional uh, you know, level. And, and, you know, the years before I've been taking the right steps, you know, I wrote a book, I did a TEDx talk, you know, I've spoken for fortune 500 companies about this. And so, um, you know, like that's really like the trajectory. And so it never ends, you know, it never ends. I'm, I'm always constantly learning, transforming, always, always, always moving. Um, and, and, you know, that's where it's like, that's where you're supposed to be, you know, maybe not for everybody, maybe some people they'll realize it five years from now or 10 years from now, you know, everyone's on their own journey. But for me, like, this is just who I am. And, and, you know, people like you invite me to just share and I'm like, all right, here I come. We like it, let's take it, like it, leave it or not. You know, I don't even know what that, what that saying is, but you know, thanks for having me. I mean, you obviously inspired hundreds upon thousands of people around, you know, the country with what you're doing. So when did, you know, when was like that first phone call, that first, you know, glimpse into like, okay, people are starting to follow what I'm saying here and people are starting to become inspired by what I'm talking about. Because again, everyone goes through it. Like you were saying, there's, you know, there's confident people and then there's just like straight up just, you know, cocky people who are hiding behind that quote unquote mask that are really feeling, you know, insecure about themselves or about something in their lives that they're just not telling people, whether they know it or not at the same time. So when was that first, you know, moment where you started to realize, okay, I'm becoming successful in this and I'm starting to make a difference? Yeah. So, um, so it's interesting. So I started my podcast in 2017. Yeah. And, um, and basically, like, after, like, towards the end of the summer of 2018, end of 2018, I just, like, started to get on, like, the right guests um, for my podcast. I started to learn how to market it the right way on LinkedIn. Right. Um, and then, and then like, you know, different things that I was doing on LinkedIn, they started to get, like, hundreds of thousands of views. I remember I had a video that got, like, two and a half million views that was like directly linked to the podcast. And so that was the time where I really sort of started to see my podcast take off. A lot of people start to listen, um, like really just like, like some crazy stuff. Um, like it, like all of a sudden, like my podcast episodes are like mentioned in like articles online, like just crazy things that never really happened. And I think for me, one of the biggest things that really changed it was I remember basically getting a call from someone and they were basically like, um, yo, Mark, 
I'm a, I'm like an editor at Forbes. We want you to come into our office in New York City, and we want to do like a two-hour interview, video interview of just like about your life. And I was like, okay. Then I go there, right? And it was awesome. I had such a great time. Um, and I remember stepping out of the office after after like this like crazy like experience, and like stepping out. And I remember like it was a sunny day. I remember like looking at the sun. And I remember just like all of a sudden stepping out and it's like the beginning of 2019 or like end of 2018, beginning of 2019, where I was just like, like what, like, like what has my life become? Like, I just, I just got out of like a two hour, uh, like interview with Forbes. That's going to be up like in their publication, in their magazine. Like I, like I'm literally just like some kid who's just like, you know, literally just like doing this for fun um, and doing this just because I care. And so that was one. And then also at the end of 2018, people also started to invite me to come and speak like at their events. And so I remember I did my first one in Boston and I started doing different things. And, and really that also, because then I started to meet the people who were following me online in real life. And when that happened and I started to see in people's eyes the impact that my work was making, that I didn't even, like, I was just sort of making, like, doing it in my basement, in my college dorm room, like, not thinking twice about it. That really started to shift me. And then, and then like, crazy things started to happen where, like, I remember, for example, I was, like, speaking at an event. And then someone, like, comes up to me after I'm done speaking and like, just like literally just like shedding hardcore tears and then just like multiple, like just multiple people crying and like different events. Like I remember speaking once and then I'm like, you know, I, I'm like about to leave. And then like this, this chick comes over who's like an older lady literally like starts crying over and she, and like literally like as like, as my car is about to leave. And then like all of a sudden, and then like in 2019, before COVID, I did like a, basically a speaking tour all across America where I spoke like the biggest cities. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, like I would get a text message from someone who would like go out to lunch with like a high school friend, for example, that they haven't talked to in years. And then, you know, their high school friend being like, hey, one time I was in like Orlando, I was like in Orlando and I like went to some random event and then I met like this guy and like he said something and it was like super interesting and it made me think in a totally different way. And then when I met him um, and like, I'm going off a specific example. And then when I met him, just like his, his presence, his energy, his demeanor just totally threw me off. He was like, Oh shit. Like this is a legitimate guy. Um, And then like my friend, at lunch with this random high school person sending me a video of like them of like him saying on how like how his entire life changed and it was through like me at some random event that, that I don't even literally remember meeting this person and so it's like literally like all these crazy things start to happen um and so yeah it was probably towards the end of 2018 beginning of 2019 and then now honestly it's just become my life and obviously you know covid things you know went a little bit different um but uh, that's just become my life. And it's, you know, I don't know if you can relate, but um, like literally every, every week, it seems like maybe more, maybe less, I'll get some crazy like letter, 
mm-hmm. sent to me that's like this person saying on I'm like they're writing the same exact way that like I would write if I wrote something in 2015, 2016. And it's like literally like they were suicidal somehow they like randomly came across like something that I said or did or watched or something like that randomly. And then they put them on like this chain reaction. And then now they're seeing all my, all my things, like the hundreds of podcast episodes I've done, my audiobook, all these different things. And they're like, dude, you literally completely changed like how I looked at the world. And so that's the most impactful to me yeah. uh, for sure. Like when someone said, like tells me that in, in person or, uh, like online or something like that. Um, and then also like the craziest part too is like, it's also like having friends, like friends of yours. Like maybe you have like a childhood friends of yours who like, maybe you talk to, maybe you're a little bit disconnected to now. Right. And then they went through something and then all of a sudden they're like messaging you and they're telling you how like the fact that like I'm doing what I'm doing and they know me as like a normal person who they grew up with that also changing their entire perspective of like showing them like what's even possible. And like, dude, I literally get like, like a crazy message from like a past friend of mine in the past that and then they're like, yo, I just started a business. Yo, I just started a podcast. I was inspired from you to do it, to just go for it because I wanted to do it and you were doing it. And I just use that as an example. Right. That's like the best thing ever, you know? I mean, that, how does that not keep you going? You know, like you're, you're doing all this other stuff. You just said that you had to step aside from one of your businesses just because, you know, you had a lot going on and it wasn't really the right fit at the time too. Like you, you're doing all this stuff and you're getting the feedback from all these people around the world saying how much that you've impacted their lives. You, you've changed their certain mindsets. I mean, that's the thing that I feel like inspires you to keep going and doing this because now that you have a platform, it's, it's awesome that, you know, like, people are able to have these platforms to be able to inspire these people. But at the same time, now it's kind of like work because you kind of have to keep it up, keep doing it because people are, you know, waiting for you to come out with new stuff. People are waiting for you to, you know, again, inspire them in a Mm -hmm. way that they didn't want to. So again, like you just stepped aside from something else that you were doing. Like, do you find that there's any pressure in in doing this now, or did this is just something that you're 100% all in because you love to do it? Dude, this is such a great question. So if you asked me like last year yeah. at this time, I would have said, oh yeah, for sure. Right. And, and so like, that's a process that I've also gone through and just like realizing like the different um, like levels, you know, in terms of like, um, like, yeah, like, like I said, like when, like in terms of how you, like you view your identity, the more successful you become in something, the more attention validation you receive and the more that you're sort of self self-confidence gets tied into that. And so for me, like I was always aware of that, you know, I, I, I was talking to all the time, like I have friends who are, you know, coaches, people who are neuroscientists, like I'm always learning about these things, but we always like also fall on the tracks. Right. right. Um, and so I, I, and so I think this, this has definitely happened to me multiple times throughout my career um, for sure that pressure. But honestly, what I would say too, is like, you also have to learn like different healthy boundaries, right? in terms of like, you can't be there for everybody and everything, right? And so like the reality is, is like, like the, the kind of sad part about this journey too, is like when you go out there and you try to help as many people as you can, and you're actually successful at it, and you actually reach as many people as you can, what you learn is you can't help them all. Whether that's due to your own 
resources, right? Like, like I literally have people on my LinkedIn, like LinkedIn messages, literally just thousands and thousands of messages of just like different people that are like talking to me about like they're like very different, like complicated life problems, for example. Um, and I just, like, I can't, you know, I can't be, I can't go in there and, and, you know, just fix people, right? Like that's not how simple it works. And so it's like a healthy balance of just trying to figure out like, what are the resources that I can contribute towards this? And also realizing that like, you're not like, you don't owe anybody anything. And so also like as a creator, it's also about setting the right kinds of boundaries with yourself, both literally. And then also like in terms of when it comes to people in terms of like, at the start of 2019, as I realized I was getting more successful, I also realized that I was also hustling and, and working more. And that's fine and everything. And it's great to like hustle towards something that, that you enjoy doing. But also like you need to make sure that you are spending your time wisely. Like you need to make sure that the same amount of hours that you work on your business or your podcast, you also need to work hours on yourself too, mentally speaking. Because what happens is like you just get going and going and going and you get caught up in this process. And like you said, like you're trying to show up every day. And then next thing you know, you've lost like your sense of identity because you're not taking the time to do the things that make you you because you're too busy trying to curate like this social media image that you have in people's minds and trying to be their every need. And so like at the start of 2019, I was basically like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to stop working. I'm going to start working and stop working at certain times. I'm not just going to like, because like I'm someone who, yo, I, I'm a hustler. I could literally hustle all day. And so for me, that's not the problem for me. It's the opposite. It's like, yo, how do I get myself to, to like calm down and relax and like enjoy life rather than just like boom, 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 boom. And it's tough, especially when you're young and like you have this more ability to work. Um, and, and like, especially because a lot of times like you don't have negative health issues that compound until later. And so a lot of times you can just boom, 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 boom. But then a lot of times what happens is something happens, you crash, you burn out, you, you, you start to like, you start to overthink things, you start to like grind too much. And so for me, that's what I sort of had to do as a way to like create boundaries in myself is like, Hey, I'm going to start working at like nine 30. And then I want to stop working at like six, six And then I'm not going to do anything work related until then I'm not going to respond to anybody. I'm not going to do those things. Um, and then it's also like having different, um, like different expect, not expectations, but it's also like just having other forms of boundaries in terms of saying to yourself, like one of the things that I had to do is like, I also learned that I'm a writer, like no matter what I do, no matter how much money or how happy I am, I, I have to write. And like, that's why I write articles. That's why I have a newsletter. Like it's, it's really just for my own like selfish purpose of me just writing. Um, and so for example, like usually every day, if I can, what I try to do is I try to reserve sort of 9am to 11am to noon to basically doing things that only I can do by myself, which is writing, for example. And so I'll try to basically set all my meetings until in the afternoon. And that's for multiple reasons. One, it's, it's like for productivity. You know, there's this great book, it's called When by Daniel Pink, um, who also, if you've heard of him, he also endorsed my book, Screwing Shy, which was amazing. Um, but he talks about how, generally speaking, it's not for everyone, people are different, 
most people are more productive, creative in the morning times, earlier in the day until later. But for some people, they're more creative, their mind is more open at night. So for me, for me, it's definitely in the morning. And so when it's like the afternoon, I also realize that like my brain shifts into like a different mode where it's not the fact that I have less energy, but it's like I do have a little bit less energy. I'm like maybe a little bit more calm. And so what I've realized is like if I can schedule my meetings, if I can schedule my calls, things like that in the afternoon, then that's better. And so, yeah, it's really just like, it's really like, like to answer your question in terms of how do you deal with that as you get bigger as a creator, you really have to learn how to do it yourself. It's a dance of like learning, like what are your boundaries emotionally with people? What are your boundaries in terms of the times of the day that you're going to do certain things? And so all these things revolve. And then also what I started to do too is like in 2019, I also started to take the weekends off. I never, ever, ever did that. I always just literally like, like literally hustling all day, every day, every second. But then during the weekends, I started to take them off where Friday, like at the end of Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I wouldn't, I, I would try my best at touch anything work, you know, business related. And so, um, yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's like a dance that you have yeah. to learn, you know, it's a muscle and it's something that always sort of changes and you have to adapt, but I there mean, are like some fundamentals that I kind of said. Yeah. I mean, like as you're inspiring all of these people, you have to keep yourself inspired by doing all of this you know, different stuff because at the end of the day, like you can only be, I feel like inspired by one thing for a certain amount of time before it kind of gets stale in your brain. Right. Like you're not as motivated by it as you were before in a sense. I mean, there's certain stronger wise as opposed to wise in the moment that you're inspired by, but I feel like you have to like keep going, keeping your mind open, keeping your mind fresh to certain things. So I I guess my last question for you, I don't want to take too much of your time, but like even that, you know, you're, you're doing all of this stuff and you're at the same time creating this platform in order to, again, help and inspire people. But at the same time, you're still young. You're 23. You have your own stuff going on, your own businesses you want to do, everything that you got going on. I know the book just came out. So like this is kind of like your, your main prerogative at the moment. But do you have any other, you know, future aspirations for what you want to do, uh, again, to kind of tie into what you're doing right now? Yeah. So, I mean, to answer, to answer, say something that you said before about, you know, you can only do something for, for so long. Mm -hmm. You know, I read this great quote and I, I, I'm going to butcher it, but I think it's something like your, your passion, like what make like what makes you passionate, your passion is not your purpose, right? Your passion is a vehicle to your purpose, right? And generally speaking, your purpose is found in your greatest pain in life. And so that's what I've learned um, in terms of like what I want to do. You know, it's so interesting. So like now that I, like I've become who I've become and I've started to become more successful, now it's just like now I'm just able to like collaborate and do partnerships with people at like a crazy level, you know, like doing things like you know, TEDx, you know, Forbes, um, you know, people asking me to do things in terms of like, you know, being invited onto like a, like a documentary series about mental health, um, you know, being asked to write chapters in other people's books, a lot of these different things. Um, and then, and then also, you know, like now recently I've started to be like an advisor to like different startups 
in the mental health fields in the education space. And so that's been really, really interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I have huge aspirations. I mean, for me, ultimately what it's about is like, if I can give everybody on the planet, you know, despite their, uh, you know, financial or socioeconomic status, the tools that they can use to accurately and sustainably work on and, 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 you know, heal their, you know, sort of like any mental health issues. That's what I'm trying to do, you know, and and to be honest with you, I have no idea what that's going to look like, but I mean, over the years, I've been able to really network and connect and collaborate and, and partner with really some amazing people, like some of, some of the biggest nonprofits in the world, different doctors, neuroscientists, some of the top entrepreneurs in the world. And so I don't know what that looks like, but like ultimately for me, what I showcase sort of doing is like, if I can create a model and, and I'm going to need a lot of help with this, I'm not saying I'm going to be able to do it by myself, but if I can create a model of like, what, what does that actually look like? Like, what does this mental health look like for the average person? And what are the things that we need to be teaching as a society to younger people? And then also people who are not young and people who are probably head on dealing with these mental health conflictions. What can we do in different communities and towns and cities around the world? And so I'm thinking like, if we can get a model to, to do this and we can start setting up like different clinics that have like a wide variety of different resources from people can come in and get, you know, uh, therapy or they can get, uh, you know, food, healthy, nutritious meals. They can take, you know, free, free classes, free things for certain, you know, specific issues that they may face and also have a community of, of people there with them. And then if we can somehow, you know, like partner with, and, and get like governments, get big institutions, get big, like some of the biggest corporations to fund this and start putting like these different clinics, putting these different centers in every single town in the world, in every single country, then I think like, that's a great way that like that, if I can build that one day, that's like what I'm trying to do. And so I, I again, I don't know what this is going to look like, but like, if I had to take a stab, something like that. And then also factor in and, and then also use, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm just so passionate about this. I don't know if you have to go or what, um, but I'm also super passionate about like exponential technology. And I think what's going to happen as well is we're going to be able to use different exponential technologies to also, especially for the more serious cases, um, and especially people who are older, not younger, mm-hmm. uh, to help them with, with other kinds of treatments as well. Um, and I, I mean, I can, I can get into some of those things, but that's really like the, the image. And so again, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I mean, I feel like I, I didn't know how I did what I, what I, where I am now five years ago. And so it's just a constant process. And so I'm just working on the, the right sort of fundamentals and, and moving and, and what's the best in the world and, and based on my instincts and what's huh, the in You're the visualizing it right now and you're going to have more experiences in the future when you do try and take a stab at these things and you're able, you're going to be able to manifest some of it. And you know, it might not turn out exactly how you envisioned it, but it's going to turn out the best way it possibly can in order to help others around the world. I mean, that's awesome 
stuff, dude. And again, I'm going to read the book as soon as it comes out. Screw Being Shy, available now, as well as the uh, Social um, Anxiety Society podcast that you're doing. I'm glad we finally got to do this, Mark. Thank you for being gracious enough to come on the show. Hopefully we could do it again soon to talk about some more of this stuff. Because again, I'd love to pick your brain about a whole hell of a lot more, man. For sure, man. Anytime. Just hit me up. All right, I'd love man. to be a guest on your show next year. This oh, time next year. Oh, I mean... Send, send, send me the calendar invite, man. April 28th, 2022. We'll set it up right now so that there's no confusion. There's no... Con- I, I got something at that day. Dude, you're a great host, man. Thank you. You're so- a great host, man. I appreciate you. I Thank you so much, man. I'm so boned. I forgot to get my girl tickets for the show tomorrow, and now it's sold out. It's her freaking birthday. Oh, dude. She's totally going to break up with you. She's definitely going to break up with me. Should have used TickPick. Wait, what'd you say? TickPick. Look. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? There are no hidden fees. What'd you guys think I said? Oh, TickPick. I thought you said... TickPick. No hidden fees. Download today. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.